0: Welcome to the fire the family podcast. Did you know the average American is behind on their retirement savings? Imagine if your family could learn to budget, save and invest enough to become financially independent. I'm here to show you through my own experience exactly how you can get on the path to financial independence and reach retirement on or before the age of 65. From age 19 to 28, Kayla and I have been married for nine years, had three boys, and earned four degrees combined with no student loan debt, and have taken our household income from zero to over $130,000 a year. We both want to invite you to FireTheFamily.com, where we have free tools and resources that you can use to get started on your financial independence journey. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, welcome to episode 26 of the Fire the Family podcast. This is Nick, and as always, thank you for being here today, for listening to the podcast. Uh, be sure that if you find this helpful at all, or if you just want to help the channel out, uh, to rate us on whatever platform you happen to listen to us on. Uh, today is going to be all about the coronavirus, COVID-19. I know you probably haven't heard enough about it in the news We're going to talk a little bit about that, but before we do so... I'm going to give you a little update on the website. And I know some of you that follow the podcast are um, kind of seeing how the website develops and how everything goes. Since it is a new site, um, we are about nine months old or not. Yeah, about nine months old at this point. And things are going really well. So we each month, uh, every single month that I've had the website up has outperformed the previous month. And so we are in the thousands of views per month category and growing exponentially. Google, has finally let us out of their little testing sandbox that they put new sites in. And SEO search engine optimization isn't necessarily a new thing for me. I've been working with it and Uh, using it in hobbies and projects for about the last decade. So I definitely feel like I have a good foundational knowledge of how it works, how building websites work. And I've already received some requests um, to shed more light on uh, the inner workings and how I got the website up and running. And so you may see some content coming out here in the next month or two that are focused around that. I've also started kind of a side project. I haven't launched it yet, uh, but I've started the base work of it getting the website ready and everything and I'll make some announcements on that in the future probably about the same time frame the idea with that is going to be going uh, from the beginning um, creating basically a business from simply a website so most people when they create a business they start with their business plan they start with getting financing or funding uh, hiring people or whatever you know there's a definite path that people take when they start a business. Um, And I wanna kind of flip that on its head and do what I would call starting a 21st century business. And the idea is that you start with something like a blog, which by when I say blog, what I mean is a website that provides valuable content and helpful content for people to search for. And by doing that, you can generate an income build that income up and then transfer that income into a business. And that's what you see a lot of people in the industry doing that start out as bloggers, they learn how to make money. Uh, but you can do this and in, in the industry of the business that you want to own. And I think that that's something that's really exciting. And I've already proven by the webs this website that um, <clears throat> that you can build up a, a site to the point where you're earning cash flow per month is Equivalent or greater than what you could earn from a single family rental. Maybe not counting equity, but it, it's going to get to that point eventually. And so, what you could do is uh, if you don't have money for a down payment, but you want to get into investing, you want to get into real estate, well, this is it's not commercial, it's not residential, but it's still kind of real estate. It's internet real estate and it's super valuable. It takes a lot of work to get going, uh, but once you get it up and running, it's definitely an income producing asset and it's something that can really uh, help your budget, help your Future goals, your financial goals, uh, and really help you get going. So I'm really excited to give more information on that and kind of go into a, a new, um, a new focused, targeted uh, subject matter that I can I can help people with. So that's pretty exciting. So. Over the weekend, we actually had a really great weekend. I hope you guys did too. Sorry, the episode is about a day late than usual. Um, just had a really busy weekend. Um, also, my birthday weekend. Technically, my birthday's this week, and um, I got my homebrew kit in the mail. So I started. I did my first batch of homebrew uh, with this new setup, and I've done it in the past. Uh, you made some wine before in the past. Uh, made cider in the past. Uh, my bachelor's degree is actually in viticulture and enology, which is grape growing and winemaking, and so I uh, have. A foundational knowledge of those, of those things. And what I realized is like being in software now working on a computer all day, I kind of missed doing something with my hands, creating stuff other than, uh, stuff on the internet. I um, really wanted to get a hobby that was really hands-on and, and, uh, um, a little bit different. So I did, I got a miter saw over, over, over the holidays. And so I made some fl- flower beds and things out of wood and stuff, but really wanted a fun project. And I remembered how much fun I had making uh, wine and cider. And the t- few times I've gotten together with friends to do homebrew. And so I decided it was time to get myself into homebrew. So I bought myself a early birthday present. And so I brewed a batch this weekend, uh, yesterday actually, and it's an IPA and really excited about it and made some new, uh, novice errors on the, the uh, the setup, but, uh, um, that's that's a cool, fun project that I've started and um, really some, some, some uh, relaxing times outside away from the computer. And I think that's definitely important. So tonight I'm actually drinking a um, glass of wine from a local winery. My wife and I went uh, wine tasting over the weekend uh, with family for my mom's birthday. And there's an awesome new winery um, in the same area that we're used to going. And it was really a breath of fresh air and a lot different than a lot of the wines in the area. I live in eastern Washington state, so we're like the grape... Second grape capital of the nation, um, aside from Napa Valley, but up here um, in the Yakima Valley, we grow just a ton of grapes and hops, and so we're both the hop capital of the nation and kind of second fiddle to Napa Valley when it comes to wines. But we produce some really interesting wines because it's just so darn hot and dry that um, they come out really well and, and very different. And so um, it's we always try this time of year when the weather's nice to get out and go do a little wine tasting. It's a lot of fun and kind of a ho- uh, not a hobby but kind of an activity that is. A little different than what you might find in in other places around the nation and uh, kind of a neat little hidden gem of the desert that we live in over here. Um, So it's kind of uh, kind of a good time. Uh, I said we're going to talk about the coronavirus. Uh, We are going to talk about that a little bit and specifically about um, sort of protecting your investments from uh, not necessarily the virus itself, but from the fallout of the virus, the panic, the fear, um, everything that you see going on in the news, and if you've been to Costco lately, Uh, that's been pretty crazy. My wife went to Costco on Sunday, and it was just uh, insane. And being from Washington State, we know now that there's as of today, six or seven deaths in the state from COVID-19. I think six out of the seven come from a long term health facility that uh, houses, um, you know, elderly people that are immune compromised at risk already. I don't know if it's a hospice care, but it's definitely like, uh, you're almost at the end of your uh, life kind of care anyways. And so if something like this virus gets into that healthcare facility, it is not good. And I feel, you know, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to the families affected and the people that are dealing with this. It's a very scary thing. I understand that. Um, but I and I don't want to take away from that and the content of the uh, the episode today. But I do want to stress that. There's a lot of fear mongering, there's a lot of people that are blowing things out of proportion, and there's just a lot of unknowns to the point where I'm not sure if it's smart to be making really broad, sweeping financial choices during times like this. And that's kind of the standpoint that I've taken and in the article that I wrote this weekend on uh, on firethefamily.com. The standpoint is basically almost a do nothing with your finances standpoint. If you're going to do anything, consider buying more um, kind of the whole when there's blood in the streets um, even if the blood is your own uh, that's when you should buy um, that's like a famous quote uh, and but uh, you know it's one of those things it's kind of tough because the market has gone down like 11% last week and in, in like one week alone it was like the largest drop in the last decade and we've're coming off of like a 10year bull market that's just been unprecedented and just done some crazy stuff well, um that's a really tippy economy right now with a really tippy stock market right now with a lot of people saying that we're overextended we're overdue for a recession the fed is pumping a ton of money into the system and a lot of things that go well beyond my you know comprehension or my knowledge um but there's it's a really interesting point and at some point the market is going to have to correct whether that's just a correction like what we've seen this last week or if that's a full-blown recession and God forbid it turn into something like a depression. Um, but I, I think that um, I think that we're primed for a recession. Um, but who knows when that will happen? Uh, if anything, I think we see, you know, this this correction um, and the market breathes a little bit because, Uh, and the coronavirus kind of being the catalyst for causing that correction because things have just been on a tear lately. And I know we talk about Tesla and we see a lot of these companies that don't have the financials to necessarily back up their valuations that they have in the stock market. I think Tesla at its peak was like $900 and something, over $130 billion valuation. And while, yeah, their tech is way ahead, they are finally showing that they can be a profitable company. They have all these new models coming out. It's very exciting. It's a great company. Like, I, it, it's an exciting company. I, I like it. I like following it. I like um, being a part of it. Um, I don't own a Tesla, but um, I definitely like um, I like what they're doing, and I like what you know what they're doing to uh, an outdated um, uh, industry that really needs a refresh. And um, seeing some of the stuff they're doing tech wise is like. All these companies should have been doing this already, um, and so they're really far ahead. I get that, but their valuation is just obscene for the uh, for uh, where they're at currently in the life stage of their company, life cycle of their company. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is is that the the economy seems very overextended. Um, And that's just from my unprofessional, you know, I'm not a certified financial planner, but that comes from my perspective. And when I see a dip like this, it's a great buying opportunity, it's a great opportunity to, um, to get into the market, or if you're timing your contributions, and let's say you're not going to contribute to your uh, Roth IRA for another two weeks, well, this week might be a good week to do that because there's a, a significant dip and that dip could recover fairly quickly. And so if you're going to do anything, that's that's something that, that's what I would consider as a side to um, uh, selling or panic selling or pulling all your money out of the market or buying thousands of dollars worth of doomsday prep you know, stuff. People are at Costco buying pallets of water. And I was talking to my wife on the phone when she was at Costco and I was brewing beer. And I was like, okay, so if you're buying pallets of water, you have to, there's a few things that you can assume. You have to assume that the city is going to have some sort of citywide lockdown, more than likely, where you were, wouldn't be able to go to the store to buy pallets of water. The second thing you have to assume is, is that they're going to shut the water system down or the virus is going to get into the water. In that case, I think that is highly unlikely. Uh, if it were to happen, We all have stoves. We all have, I think, ways to boil water. Nothing else. You can light a campfire in your backyard. Um, And okay, let's say the city shuts off energy as well or electricity. Uh, You could still go light a fire in the backyard and boil some water and you're probably going to be okay. And so I have like an eight-gallon kettle that I was brewing beer in. And so I told her, I said, hey, if we need water, I will boil water in my kettle and try not to turn it into beer and we will have plenty of water. So some of those things are kind of um, kind of crazy to look at. I don't want to say I don't want to say dumb. I don't want to say everyone deals with this stuff in their own way. Um, but the, there's a lot of fear and a lot of panic out there. Well, if people are panicking and fearful over like their food situation, think how they are about their investments. When they look at their retirement account and they see it drop 10, 11, 12% in a short amount of time, uh people freak out people lose it and I don't know if it's because I lost a lot of money in the stock market when I was a lot younger or if it's just something I've kind of mentally trained myself to be prepared for I might be a, a hybrid of the both but uh, like I've did all I thought it was like oh cool now I need to make sure that I uh, I contribute this month because it's a perfect week to contribute to my 401k and my Roth IRA 401k is actually perfect timing because it just went in or it's going to go in tomorrow and the market had a nice dip. So um, good buying opportunity for a lot of these. I know the REIT that I invest in, uh, VNQ, it's an ETF out of Vanguard. It was like $98 last week or the week before last and now it's like $88. uh, So definitely you know, good opportunity to get uh, some shares of that. Uh, VTSAX is obviously, it's a um, total stock market index fund. Uh, The total stock market had a pretty sizable dip. So of course that goes down and that's what, that's one of the things that my 401k auto contributes to. So perfect timing, you know, I'm not fearful at all of the market. I'm fearful of my kids getting sick. I'm fearful of friends and family that um, might be older getting sick. Um, those are the things I'm fearful for. Um, I feel like I'm young, I'm healthy. Um, I I could probably, uh, I could probably withstand uh, getting the virus myself. Um, but you know, it is what it is. So here's seven things, seven ways to shield your investments from the coronavirus. And a lot of it is shielding it from yourself. So I would say one, avoid panic selling Two, stick to long-term goals. Three fund an emergency fund. Four, continue performing at your job. Five, dollar cost average. Six, mentally prepare for the worst. And seven, ride the recovery wave. So number one, panic selling. Don't panic sell. Don't do it. Um, when you when the market dips like it does, and you think it's going to go down further, um, maybe it will, and you sell. If it, you t- you're typically not going to rebuy back that position until it's recovering. And for you to time a recovery, you think it's difficult to know if the stock's going to keep going down or not. Uh, Think how hard it is to guess if it's time for it to go back up or not. It's just as difficult, if not more difficult. And you'll never truly know if we're in a recovery until it's too late. And it's likely you're going to be buying that that stock or that index fund or whatever investment it is. It's likely going to be buying that back at a time that's equal or greater to the point where you sold it. So then what are you doing? You're selling low and you're buying high. In no way is that a setup to make money. No way is that a good long-term strategy. It's basically uh, how the market is set up to transfer money from you to people that are patient. And that's something that you really need to grip your, you know, grab your white knuckle, your seat and stop from panic selling. Okay, Um, it's just something that that, uh, a lot of people do And a lot of people lose a lot of money by doing that. And when I say panic selling, I don't mean just going into cash. What I mean by panic selling is going uh, from one stock to another stock or from uh, one, you know, index fund to that's highly diversified into buying a uh, biotech stock that might be the one company that comes up with a vaccine that makes it through trials that makes it uh, that gets approved by the FDA that actually goes to the human trials that actually uh, works right and and cures the virus or, or is a good vaccine. Vaccine against the virus. The odds of you picking that one company are not very good. And yeah, they're you know rising rising tides raise all ships, but it might not be uh, how you think it's going to be. It might turn out differently. You might um, some of these biotech stocks might uh, might go up and then turn into a reverse stock split, and you get screwed out of your money. And so by going from a highly diversified investment strategy like an index fund to an individual stock is some is no different or arguably worse than panic selling into cash. Um, And so timing the market is very difficult to do. Even algorithms uh, that are powered by AI uh, have a really difficult time timing the market. Um, And so it's not something that if unless you're doing it every day, and um, it's a it's a strategy that you've honed in over the years, or whatever excuse it may be, the average Joe is not going to be able to time this market, especially when it's so volatile. Number two, stick to long-term goals, uh, stick to the plan. You got, you know, that life is, life's going to throw curveballs at you. Sometimes it's going to be a virus. Sometimes it's going to be a meteor coming at the planet or something. Sometimes it's going to be climate change. Sometimes it's going to be the next president. Sometimes, you know, we got a lot. Sometimes it's going to be world war three. We've got a lot of things, uh, going on. And, uh, The market reacts to all these things in its own way. And sometimes it reacts positively. Sometimes it reacts negatively. And it's got to do those things. It's got to breathe. It's got to go up. It's got to go down. And so stick to your long-term goals. Three, fund an emergency fund. Uh, Without an emergency, you know, so let's say this, an emergency fund is like a, um, a wall for your assets. It's a big wall that you've built up around all of your assets and your assets are inside that wall, safe and protected from the outside. And that emergency fund is critical because if you are investing in a Roth IRA or any sort of investment account and you don't have an emergency fund, an emergency happens. Let's say, you know, you get sick of the coronavirus and it's so bad that you're out of work for a month. And let's say you lost your job because we go into a recession, uh, and you don't have an emergency fund. How are you going to fund your lifestyle? How are you going to fund your bills? How are you going to fund your necessities? You're going to turn to your credit card, number one, probably. And then if that runs out, you're going to, you know, possibly turn to another credit card you're probably going to go into debt, or you're going to have to wipe out your investment accounts, whether it's just your contributions or your retirement account, uh, you're going to dip into your assets. And, um, that's really negative and you don't want to do that. And even if you don't dip into your assets and you do put on a credit card and you carry that credit card over to the next month, then it's likely that uh, you're going to, have your, your balance, your interest rate, your 17 to 21%, whatever your credit card is. And that's taking away the money, the thousands of dollars you have on your card are taking away from the market returns you might be making on the other side. So if the market's going down and you're down maybe 10% on your investments and you put a bunch of money on a credit card and carry it over to the next month, you might be down 20, 30% on whatever, you know, on your total net worth for that time period. And that's just really bad. And you're just killing yourself. So fund an emergency fund because if an emergency happens, when it happens, it will happen. You'll have the cash to pay for it and it will keep you from stressing. It'll protect your assets from getting tapped into and, uh, you know, you will stop you from making emotional decisions. Number four, continue performing at work. The first thing companies are going to do in a recession is look to downsize. And when they look to downsize, they look at their current, crew and see who do they want to keep on who could they stand to lose and if you're in the bottom 10 15 percent of your workforce you could get you know the shaft and that sucks and i hope it doesn't happen But that's the reality. If you're a high performer, a top performer, whether you're in sales or you're commission-based or not, uh, be a high performer. And if you're a high performer and you're continuing to perform at work while other people are busy on the news, reading about the presidential election, reading about the coronavirus, whatever it may be, you're busy working and doing your job and, um, you know, making things happen. And that doesn't go unnoticed typically. And um, last thing you want to do is set yourself up to be the person that the company can live without, because in a time of recession, jobs are hard to come by, and you don't want to be the person out on the street. Five dollar cost average, um, continuous, you know, uh, continuous investments uh, at a, at a, I can't think of the right word, at a uh, normal interval, month, you know, monthly, weekly. Quarterly, whatever it works for you. I like monthly. I contribute every month into both my 401k and my Roth IRA and my wife's 457b. Um, We contribute every single month, um, whether it's a good market or bad market. I will say that sometimes when it's bad market like this, I tend to contribute a little bit more than normal. And that's just because it seems like a good opportunity to do so. I don't drastically change my strategy and I'm still going to max out my Roth IRA at the max for the year. Um, But sometimes those contributions uh, just get a little heavier when the market is is, um, going down. Um, six mentally prepare for the worst. And so by doing this, you're setting yourself up not to be taken by surprise, emotionally, mentally, you know, um, and it allows you to make decisions that are not based in those emotions. So if you're, uh, all of a sudden you're like, Oh my goodness, what's going on? There's this virus. People are dying. It's in Washington. I live in Washington. Uh, I'm heavily invested in these stocks and they're doing really poorly. I should sell. Um, instead of going down that, thought process you're like okay hey there's this virus it started out in China it's kind of sweeping the nation right now China's already looking like they're starting to recover a little bit from it if we trust the data that comes from China which take that with a grain of grain of salt but you know it's it may be something that's really dangerous and really bad, but it may not be. It may it may last for a few months. It may be something that uh, is, is with us now forever. We may all have to deal with this this specific strain of coronavirus for the rest of our lives. But what we find is, well, it's not as dangerous as we initially thought it was. Something like 80% of people are going to get mild symptoms um, from what they're saying now. Um, so with that case, okay, maybe it's just like a, a maybe it's like the flu. Maybe it's a little worse than the flu. You know, whatever. Um, but you're prepared. You're a little more mentally. Prepared for it? Oh, now the stock market's going down. Yeah, it makes sense because there's factories in China that are shut down. Okay, cool. Well, it's not—that's not cool. But you know, how can I make lemonade out of lemons here? Okay, well, I could maybe um, buy some of these companies that I know are just being affected by the uh, downturn. Maybe I could just uh, contribute like normal to my stocks, knowing that this is probably a short-lived thing and it's not gonna—the market's not gonna just never recover. Um, so if you think that way and you think things through logically, you can avoid from making really dangerous mistakes with your money and just contribute like you normally would. I don't understand why that's so hard for people to do. And if you want to save a little more cash and you don't want to contribute more, even though the market's down, like that's perfect, perfectly fine. Contribute something, maybe contribute a little bit less if that. If, if you need to carry some extra cash, maybe your emergency fund isn't quite up to snuff. And so, yeah, it's definitely more important to fund an emergency fund than it is to contribute to your uh, your retirement accounts. And that goes into the best method for uh, reaching financial independence. You got to have a budget, number one, You got to have an emergency fund. You got to increase your savings rate, which is decreasing your expenses, expenses increasing your income, and you got to invest. Investing is at the end. T for total stock market, right? That's at the very end. So budget, emergency fund, and then you can work on your savings rate and then invest that savings rate. So you got to make sure the foundation is set for you to be able to comfortably contribute to retirement accounts. Seven, ride the recovery wave, and this is kind of a fun part I put in there because if you know that the recovery wave is going to come, if you know there, if you know there's going to be a recovery, um, or you're, you know, if, if you're investing today uh, in a down market you're betting on the fact that you're pretty sure the market's going to recover. And we know that over time the market's going to trend up at a rate of about 8% per year on average. And so we know that, you know, this isn't forever. If the market goes down it goes flat, if we go into a recession, it's only going to last for an average of 18 months and we know that it'll probably recover. And if it doesn't, we probably have bigger problems. So by putting this in here, that's actually a way of shielding your investments from the coronavirus or really yourself, um, is that if you keep that in mind, like, Hey, yeah, we're going to recover. We're, we're going to be okay. Okay. We're going to recover as a species, as a human race. We're going to recover as people, um, businesses will, will recover. Our finances will recover. Uh, it's all going to end up probably going to end up. all right. Okay. And so that's really the big, the big thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, I don't have a lot more. I I got a lot out in a short amount of time. Um, But it's really important to just um, stay the course. Uh, don't freak out too much, and maybe see some of these things as, as buying opportunities, as a chance to um, to know when you do contribute, your money is going to go a little bit further, uh, and really stay up on the news, find out you know where these hot spots are. Like obviously, I'm not going to Seattle anytime soon. Um, being on the west side of the state, uh, I think somebody tested positive for it at a casino about an hour away, which is kind of scary because it's a little bit closer. Uh, I live in a highly rural area, and so. You know, I don't interact with people every day Um, other than my kids being in daycare, which I swear that's a breeding ground for this. And if anyone's going to get sick, the kids are going to get it from daycare and they're going to bring it home. And that's probably how I'll die. Uh, But I hope not. Um, but my job, I work at a desk and a computer with three other people in the room and I don't have to worry about, you know, shaking hands or meeting face to face with people. And so I'm kind of lucky. Um, I I definitely am grateful for that. And the people at Costco, uh, they told my wife when she was there on Sunday that they did a million and a half in sales the day before. That's unreal. I don't know what they do normally per day, but I'm assuming it's probably about half of that, maybe 60% of that um but it's just like there was so many people there just loading up and it's like what 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 good is a pantry full of rice and beans if you're not there to, to enjoy them um i don't know i've never really understood that and people are buying all those face shields that don't help they don't they're proven not to help you against droplets of sneezing and coughing um, they're actually helpful if you are sick to wear a mask so if you're coughing and sneezing please wear a mask and we can all identify who is out in public who is currently sick by who's wearing the mask But, um, yeah, you know, I don't know, uh, be careful, stay healthy. If you do get sick, please stay home. And I really hope that everyone recovers. I hope nobody else gets sick. And I hope that this whole thing blows over. Uh, but the reality is, is that's probably not the case. And so if it does guard against your finances, um, you know, keep, keep them safe against yourself and don't make any rash decisions. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much for hanging out on this episode. Um, I hope to, uh, I hope to continue to put out more content for you all. Uh, Please contact me uh, on the contact form on the website firethefamily.com, or hit me up on Twitter, DM me if you want to be on the show. Um, I'd be happy to interview you if you have something special to share. Uh, if we have anything in common, uh, really, if you just want to talk at all, I'd love to have a guest on the show. so I'm kind of looking forward to doing that. And maybe I can get my wife on here here shortly when our schedules line up to be able to get an episode out together. Uh, again, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. Please stay healthy and please cover your coughs. Thanks.